Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, I'm Michelle Martin. This is Market View. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How's Friday looking? Good morning. Looking pretty good. I could do have a holiday as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Already looking forward to the weekend. What are your plans? Uh, well, I have some friends in from out of town, so... Oh, okay. I, yeah. I've got a barbecue going on as well, catching up with high school friends, bringing my kid along, so we'll see how it plays out. That's fantastic. I just caught up with a friend of mine from junior college. It's always great to have friends that, that have known you since you were 16. Oh, gosh. And then you're still 16 in their eyes. so long ago now. <laughs> or so they say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start this morning with corporate earnings and the story of two companies. One is in the tech space, another in luxury goods. Now, one one company is doing surprisingly well. Shares of the other tanking and after hours trade after its outlook for the year came up short. You want to take a guess which is which? Well, our two companies in focus are Intel and LVMH. So, is it LVMH, the luxury goods company that is outperforming, or is it the cloud computing and tech giant Intel? Well, luxury goods have generally been easing off while tech is white hot. So, if you guess Intel was surging and LVMH sinking, I'd understand why, but that's not the case, no. No, LVMH, whose brands include Christian Dior and Louis Vuitton, is doing so well. It grossed nearly 24 billion euro during the fourth quarter of the year, 10% better than a year earlier. So, what, besides the rich getting richer, what is driving LVMH's earnings? Everyone wants a piece of LVMH, all the brands they have, and it is really seeing strong growth in its Chinese markets, but overall, You've got sales up. Organic sales rose 10%. That beat estimates. And if you look at what else it's doing, it's able to manage some of the rising cost pressures others have been facing as well. That's been helping the profitability front of things as well for LVMH. And it is looking quite optimistic. It says um, things are looking good, but it did look a bit conservative with one of its comments saying that business is so-called normalizing after an exceptional period of growth after COVID. So they are leaving, leaving what they call a period, a period with favorable growth levels. Maybe a bit too conservative because LVMH has time and again beaten expectations. So maybe they are setting the bar low. All right, so LVMH's revenue grew by 10% during the fourth quarter. That is better than in Q3, but it is still slower than in the first half of the year. All in, though, LVMH says it is confident 2024 will be an exceptional year. Shares of LVMH finished up 5% in U.S. trade overnight. Next up, Intel, which focuses on the Internet of Things, PC solutions, even cloud computing. Intel's share price is down more than 10% in after-hours trade, why are investors selling off Intel? Yeah, Intel has a win on its Q4, but an L for its first quarter. So let's look at the earnings for the fourth quarter. So coming in at $0.54, cents, that beat expectations of $0.45. Cents. The revenue came in at $15.4 billion, beating $15.15 billion. Hey, it looks like a pretty robust fourth quarter. So what's going on? So... This is where the expectations, the forecasts for this year starts to come in where they are saying, hey, it doesn't look that rosy anymore because of a couple of things. One is some of their customers are starting to look a bit concerned about the current outlook. You also have a couple of their subsidiaries like Mobileye 
and their programmable chip unit, seeing a bit of revenue declines as well, so some softness on that front. So all in is starting to perhaps come off a pretty good run. So this is starting to look like a 2024 that is more measured after a super good run in the past year. Okay, so Intel says that its core business is sound and its sales have actually come in better than expected for the fourth quarter of the year, but its outlook for the current quarter is expected to take a hit. The company is blaming subsidiaries its own, like Mobile Eye, which focuses on autonomous driving for its weak forecasts. If we zoom out a little, Ryan, what are your main takeaways from LVMH and Intel's earnings? Are you surprised at all to see LVMH doing so well while Intel is issuing early warnings? Yeah, to some extent... It is interesting to see this play out because we've been hearing about the Magnificent 7, the AI narrative for so long, and people have been trying to jump on the Intel bandwagon for some time. Maybe it's starting to slow down a bit, but it's quite tough to call. It is really driven by sentiment. One is LVMH has a huge Chinese market that could swing either way, depending on how policies play out this year. Mm. So that's a big question mark for me. And then for Intel, of course, the AI story is a long-running story for years to come. Maybe this year won't be so super. Maybe next year would be better. So it's going to be quite tough to time it per se, but both are pretty decent companies with a strong, compelling argument to be in. So you kind of pick your poison in a sense. Mm -mm. Both healthy, long run. Our next story, which is still within the realm of corporate earnings, has links to China, Singapore and the US. This company is in the hospitality space, gaming, in fact, to be more specific. Want to guess? Well, if you said Las Vegas Sands, you would be correct, my friend. The casino giant grossed nearly three billion US dollars last year. That is one hundred and sixty percent higher than a year earlier. So, want to guess where most of its profits are coming from? I'll give you a moment to think about it. If you said Singapore, good guess. Not correct though. Which market gets the top prize? Yeah, it is. China. China. (laughs) And you have what's going on now, people traveling from China to Macau, where it's got one of its biggest properties and people are spending or at least gambling there. Sales for LVS rose 161% to $2.92 billion. And this is pretty much a reversal of what they saw last year, where we had uh, earnings per share coming in this year at $0.07. Last year was a loss of 19 cents. So you've got people traveling after restrictions being, are being were lifted and then, of course, more perhaps to come. So China really propping up LVS. Yeah, so if we look at Las Vegas Sands, this casino giant, it's kind of surprising that you know so much of its profits are coming from China. China's economy not doing so well, right? And the PRC stock markets are in the red. But as Bloomberg puts it, Chinese gamblers are defying their economic woes. So put that way, it makes a lot of sense. And visitation to Macau is almost back to pre-pandemic levels. If we zoom in now on Singapore and casinos, how is MBS doing? Yeah, it is not too shabby. So let's take a look at what we have. You have Singapore also seeing a bit of a revenue growth. And this with the earnings, so the EBITDA earnings rising 99.3% to a record $554 million. Wow. So this beats the last record recorded in 2018, which was about 504, excuse me, 541 
million dollars. So this is a new high for MBS. Mm-hmm. So great news. And if you look at net revenue, it is up fifty five point six percent for that quarter. So it is pretty much a similar story. Folks are starting to travel. The hospitality picture starting to brighten things. MBS, of course, benefiting from a couple of things. One is people coming for concerts. And maybe the Taylor Swift effect might come into play because you've got the packages that bundle hotel stays at MBS plus the concerts. So it could even beat what they have already. Yeah, that's a good point. The swift effect, will it impact MBS? Analysts say MBS's strong results could bode well for its top competitor here, Gunting Singapore. Researchers over at CGSCIMB are expecting an 8% jump in earnings for Gunting Singapore thanks to those higher tourist numbers. We'll know sure next month when Gunting Singapore reports its earnings then. In the meantime, Gunting Singapore share price is up more than 11% over the past three months. Las Vegas Sands up 5.5%. Uh, not half as much, you, you know, of guntings. So over the same period, interesting comparison there, I think. Next up, let's look at director deals. Today, we look at a company here in Singapore called Cord Life, which specializes in storing baby stem cells, which can prove beneficial for transplants or medical treatments as they progressively become uh, more and more experimental, shall we say. However, you may recall Cord Life has been in the news for all the wrong reasons. The temperature at one of its facilities rose to 20 degrees Celsius, which is way above the minus 150 degrees that it's supposed to be. You can imagine what this does to all the umbilical cords and stem cells, right? So now we have news that one of Cord Life's biggest shareholders, they're a company called Robust Plan, which in turn is owned by a Shanghai entity, has been active in the market. So has Robust Plan been buying or selling these Cord Life shares? I suppose it won't come as a surprise they are selling. They are selling or have sold 4.6 million shares. This brings down their stake from over 5%, 5.47% to 3.67%. So no longer technically defined as a substantial shareholder. So it is, I suppose, yet another negative headline for Court Life, which is grappling through a lot of troubles. You yeah. pointed out all the technicalities of how temperatures were not according to what they were supposed to be. Mm. You've got customers, you've got investors, you've got regulators hounding, I'm sure, what resolution they could provide. You know, it's still going to be a long ways before they can navigate themselves out of this trouble. I mean, can you imagine? Robust plan sell-off, certainly not a vote of confidence in Court Life. Court Life shares, meanwhile, are down more than 45% since July. Can you imagine being a client? You've trusted this company with your child's stem cells only to find out that they were not stored properly. This, How do you come back from something like that? It's tough, right? These things are priceless in a sense, right? Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. You can't replicate it anymore. It is really tough to see how they can bounce back from something like this. Absolutely. The promise was that for $99 a month, you could have peace of mind against the unknown. That was how the company positioned itself and sold Court Life Banking. Uh, remains to be seen what the future of the company will look like and how it can reframe 
all move on from here. Let's take a look at U.S. markets now. The Dow Jones Industrial Average jumped 0.6% overnight on the back of the strong U.S. GDP numbers. The S&P 500 not far behind. The U.S. economy grew some 3.3% during the last quarter of the year. Time for corporate news. We do it up or down style. Let us take a bite of Apple. Yeah, Apple is going to be a good bite for me. It's up. It's taken top spot in China. And this is China's smartphone market and it's taking top spot for the first time. And also worth noting, Huawei returns to the top five. So it's worth noting because Apple has been going through so much competition in China. So many Chinese brands, Xiaomi, Oppo and so on. And this is, I guess, good news for Apple, which is hoping to... Well, reverse his fortunes in China, which have been under pressure for a few months or a few quarters. Yeah, I looked at this and I was surprised, I have to say, that the Apple iPhone is now the number one best-selling smartphone in China. I mean, think of it. Given the recent hurdles, Beijing has set an Apple's path and still this happens. For example, Chinese government workers have been barred from bringing iPhones and other foreign brands to work. And Apple's iPhone sales did drop a little bit, about 2%. Uh, but it's much better than its competitors, which in turn has allowed Apple to take top spot in China. Yes, so it comes at a price. Yeah. Sales from revenue down and it comes to the discounts they've been pushing out to get the market share. So they've been trying to push more discounted iPhone 15s into the market. So that's going to be a tricky, slippery slope if they have to keep on keeping the margins under pressure. So far, it's a game plan that's worked for them. I'd say it's an up for the iPhone maker. Let's look at Tesla and Elon Musk. All right. This is uh, down for me. And this comes from his earnings call. Tesla, Elon Musk saying that the Chinese are eating their lunch in the sense that they've got so much competition what he describes as Chinese EV makers are going to demolish their rivals. Mm. And it is reflected in the outlook, some of their earnings, the price cuts they have to roll out. They could be hit by the growing presence of Chinese brands, which have been making inroads into markets like Europe, the likes of BYD really making huge inroads there, and more to come. So it is making Elon Musk sit up and take notice. So we talked yesterday on this show about Tesla's disappointing forecast for the year ahead. Well, investors sold off on the news and Tesla's shares dropped 12% overnight, which is a big down. On top of that, yes, Elon Musk appears to be whining about competition from China, warning that Chinese EV makers, as you say, will pretty much demolish competitors most unless, and he's come up with some solutions, unless the US and other countries impose new tariffs. Gosh, how many times have you mentioned China so far in this half hour? (laughs) They're important. All right, let's look at retrenchments. Very sad, sad overview now. Yeah, it's a wave of layoffs right now. And the latest to join the list of people, all companies laying off people are likes of Levi Strauss. They are cutting at least 10%, maybe up to 15% of their workforce. And this as it comes... This as it tries to restructure, to rein in costs. And they are also giving a bit of an outlook for sales and profit that, um, that miss expectations. Mm-mm. So that's weighing on Levi Strauss. Microsoft, yet again, cutting jobs. This time in the gaming division, mm. 1,900 people. Worth noting, they just signed or sealed the deal with Activision Blizzard not too long ago. So it looks like they are trying to 
find synergies, overlaps in that sense? Well, 1,900 people have to go. Um, Business Insider is looking to cut about 8% of its workforce. Paramount Global, another media company, is talking about operating as a leaner company and spend less. So unspecified number of people will see their number, their jobs being cut. So quite a bleak. Indeed, retrenchments are way up. And just to sum up, Microsoft, Levi, Strauss and even Business Insider are among the latest companies to lay off workers. Next, let's look at Fraser's Centerpoint Trust. All right, they are going shopping mm. at Next. You've been to Next before, Serangoon Central? Very busy all the time. Busy is one way to call it. It's a hive. It's a maze. <laughs> you can get lost in it if you if you are there for the first time. It is quite mind-boggling to wrap a head around the layout. So yeah. that was my first experience going to Next. Well, mm. FCT likes it a lot, so much so they are buying another chunk of it. They used to own 25.5%. Now they are splashing $523.1 million to buy 24.5%. So this brings their stake to 50% of Next. Wow. So that's going to be enough for me. Can they spend some of that cashola on better car parks? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I suppose. More space. Twice I've been there, haven't been able to get a lot. For our last word today, let's head down to Guoco Midtown to the Porsche Singapore showroom. Actually, it's not much of a showroom anymore. There are only five cars there. The space is being used instead to promote Porsche's lifestyle brand. The 8,500-square-foot space, imagine this, has not so much cars, but a cafe, boutiques, a library, fashion, and spaces to even do yoga. What do you make of it? Yeah, it is an interesting take, redefining how you sell cars. And there is a compelling argument to go down this path or this road. Hmm. You have a space people want to come to, they have uh, maybe a coffee, a croissant, check out the books. They have a library going on as well. There's a yoga space or whatever space you want to use it for. And then you just come for classes. And then, by the way, hey, out of the corner of your eye, see a car you like. And maybe you start thinking about getting a car. So it's like mm. building a community, you know, meeting people. And I think that's what people crave for these days. Having more than just a car, having a connection to the brand and maybe people around you, a car club almost. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. They're thinking of rolling out this blueprint uh, to the rest of Asia Pacific and then globally as well. If you think about it, car showrooms feel a little uh, cold and you know, as a consumer, you don't want to step into one un- unless you're serious mm. about buying a car. This way, you get close to the brand and perhaps, you know, um, get up close to a car, make an accidental buy, yeah. <laughs> even if you didn't feel like one. So it's a bit transactional sometimes, going to a showroom. You've got someone waiting to pounce on you and then try to convert you into a sale lead or you know, convert you to buy a car. So, but mm. with the other approach, you're there for other reasons. Maybe you'll buy it next time or the next next time, right? You're there. Yeah. You're a captive audience. You're doing something else. There's less pressure. You can spend more time doing other things. Whereas in a showroom, you're just doing a car. You're done. You're done. You know, it is a very different dynamic. I've never stepped into a showroom without buying a car, I have to say. So please keep me away from this Porsche. All right, this is a place for you to check out then. <laughs> Porsche sales here in Singapore took a hit last year. About 450 Porsches were sold in 2023, down from about 600 a year earlier. A big increase in luxury car taxes likely contributed to this drop. Globally, it is worth noting that while Porsche positions itself as a lifestyle brand, the bulk of its earnings still comes from car sales. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for being with us. It's Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Time to go shopping for Porsche, Michelle. Off you go. Enjoy yourself. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.